Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we continue our series on the seven last words of Christ, the seven phrases that, according to the Gospels, Jesus spoke as he hung dying on the cross. Adam began the series two weeks ago with the first words, a word of forgiveness to those who put him to death. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And last week we heard the second phrase of Jesus, a word of salvation to one hanging on a cross next to him. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And today we reflect on Jesus' third word found in John's Gospel, a word of relationship. Woman, here is your son. Here is your mother. John's Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, begins in this way. In the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh and came to live among us. This Jesus full of generosity and truth, full of God, and from him we have received grace upon grace. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But whoever did accept him, he made them to be their true selves, as God's children, at home with God and one another. The author writes, he came to his own, but his own did not accept him. Throughout his life, Jesus knew much loneliness, the loneliness of not being received, accepted, or understood, even by his own family who did not always understand or accept his way of being. It was so countercultural and maybe upsetting to them. At one point, we're told Mary and Jesus' brothers traveled north to Capernaum where Jesus was teaching, and they came to the house and they asked for him. And the people said, your mother and brothers are here for you. Perhaps they were coming to restrain him and take him home. But Jesus said to the people, well, whoever does God's will, those are my mother, my sisters, and my brother. Jesus surely found some acceptance on his earthly journey, especially among the marginalized of society where we learn he was always hanging out those who had been rejected by the culture due to disease or sin or race or religion, they accepted the one who unconditionally accepted them. And to a point he found acceptance by his 12 disciples, those that he called to come and follow him personally. And in fits and starts they did. But now at the end of Jesus' life, the end of his earthly ministry, As he hangs on the cross, they've all deserted him, beginning the night before with Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane, the disciple who betrayed Jesus that led to his arrest, interrogation, and torture. He came to his own, but in the end, his own were not there due to their own confusion and fear and pain and suffering. There were exceptions, as today's scripture reveals. 
at the foot of that cross were Mary, Jesus' mother, and four other disciples, three women and a man, known only as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And that is the one testifying here in the Gospel of John. We can imagine Jesus' own confusion and fear and pain and sorrow regarding where this call on his life has taken him, all for the sake of God's beloved people and God's beloved world. And now there on the cross, he's about to part with the closest human relationships that he has known, and very soon, life itself. It's through his own suffering that he looks down upon his beloved mother Mary and the beloved disciples standing near her as they stand together at the foot of the cross. Jesus sees them and he knows them and he understands. Mary is enduring a parent's worst nightmare and fear, the death of a child. And some of you know that depth of the pain personally, the pain that seems so insurmountable. Mary is also a widow. Joseph has been gone. He's not there. She is there alone before her very own, her son that hangs on the cross. And Jesus feels the loss of this too, the absence of his father during this darkest hour. He feels the sorrow of his mother and her lostness as a widow. And in that time and place, a widow was in the most vulnerable of positions you could be in. Jesus surely was a caretaker for her at some point in their life together. And now he will no longer be there with and for her. And we can imagine the sorrow of Jesus' friend, the disciple whom he loved, as he watches his dear friend suffer and die. So with great care and compassion, Jesus looks at them and says, Woman, here is your son, and here is your mother. And in the very next verse, John tells us that Jesus now knew that everything had been completed. So this act from the cross, this commissioning of Mary and the disciple to do life together, to care for one another, was Jesus' last act of ministry, the last expression of God's care and compassion on his earthly journey as he continued to self-empty all the way to his own death for the sake of building up God's children. He came into the world to his own, and now he gives his own to one another. Mary and the disciple, now a new family, will leave that cross together hand in hand and go home and they will begin their own ministry of telling others about God's love in Christ and helping to form the church the body of Christ in the world and it's that church friends that we are today we are Christ's own given to one another to form this body of Christ a very small part of the larger body that spans the world We're now in this together, and we are commissioned to carry on Christ's ministry of care and compassion hand in hand and to make real God's realm right here and right now and to help others find home. 
Each one of us as members of this body brings God-given gifts. And according to our giftedness, God has already equipped us for acts of care and compassion. Today we're reminded of our calling and giftedness as we will ordain and install our newest class of church officers, those called to serve as deacons and elders. And before us as the church, they will affirm their intention to carry on Christ's ministry as they respond to several questions called the constitutional questions. And all of the questions that we will ask them and they will respond to all of us have likely said yes to at some point on our faith journey if we were baptized, confirmed, or have ever joined a church as a new member. The questions encapsulate the affirmation and can be summed up like this. Will you seek to follow the way of Christ? And will you express the love, care, and compassion of God to one another that Jesus did throughout his life and even in his very last act from the cross as he wove lives together like Mary and the disciple and like ours today to travel hand in hand and to help one another find home. I invite you now to imagine with me, to get comfortable, and I invite you to close your eyes, if you wish, while we imagine ourselves at the foot of that cross. You're standing or you're kneeling. Jesus is there. You might be there with your own cross of confusion, of fear, of pain, of sorrow. Everything Jesus experienced. And Jesus looks upon you with knowing and understanding and longs to show you that the God who created you is in this with you. So where do you need God's hand in your confusion today, your fear, any sorrow, any pain? And open your hand to God now. And as you feel God's hand in yours, look around. Who else do you see there near the cross? Do you see those you know well and love, family or friends? You might see strangers, people you have not seen for a long time. Can you see the crosses they bear? their burden of suffering or despair? Do you see the crosses of those whom you love? And then there are those whom you love, but also that you wrestle with harboring resentment toward, or maybe even have feelings of hatred toward. What confusion, fear, pain, and sorrow are they carrying? And to whom around you there is Jesus giving you to offer your hand to, to help reconcile what is currently severed in your relationship with them or in their relationship with others or with God? Do they need your hand of compassion and care? Do you need theirs? 
And now look beyond those that are near the cross to the outskirts. Those who cannot come near or due to oppression are not permitted to come near. Look at those on the margins. They bear their crosses too. Look with your mind's eye throughout our city, our state, beyond our borders, on the seas and across the seas. Who do you see out there, the powerless who are living and dying in confusion, fear, pain and sorrow? Those forced from home, who needs your hand? Who needs you to offer Jesus words that restore relationship? Who needs a new family, friends, home? And now take a moment to consider a time in your life when someone offered you their hand, literally or in spirit, reaching out to you with compassion and genuine care for you. And recall how that served to restore you in your relationship with God, with another. How did it give you a sense of home again? Or maybe for the first time? How did it help you find your way into the arms of God? And now give thanks. And you may open your eyes. This past week, Adam and I and one of our elders, Marty Freeman, were in Kansas City for an annual conference, a church conference, mostly of Presbyterians called Next Church. And we give thanks for this experience every year for this time to renew and to hear how God is on the move in church congregations all over the nation and to support one another and learn and get inspired and bring it back here to you. We gathered every day in a large ballroom in a hotel, both for our worship time and our learning sessions. Over 500 people, many pastors, but also church members. And the crowd there did not look too unlike what we look like here. All ages, mostly Caucasian, similar in how we dress. But the first day I noticed, as I sat in the back of the room, ahead of me, a young woman who stood out. She did not look like the others. She was in her early 20s, if that, dressed in all black, baggy clothing. All three days she wore black, and she wore a black hat every day with the name of a heavy metal and punk band. She had piercings on her face, and when she walked, I noticed she always kept her head lowered. During one of our worship services, the leader invited us to stand for our closing song. Then they invited us to join hands as together we sang We Shall Overcome by the folk artist Pete Seeger. And from my seat in the back, I watched the room as over 500 people, one by one, took the hand of someone standing next to them. 
And my eyes again landed on this young woman in black there in the middle of the room. And the instant I saw her, a woman standing behind her noticed that this young woman in black was not hanging onto hands with her right hand. It was empty. So she tapped another person standing next to the young woman to, to grab that young woman's hand. I don't know the story of the woman in black at all, whether she came there with peace and contentment or bearing her own cross of confusion, fear, pain, and sorrow. But the Spirit was on the move, ensuring that no matter how we showed up there, our hands were woven together in compassion and care. As we sang, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. We'll walk hand in hand. We shall live in peace one day. And we are not afraid today. And my hope, and I like to think that woman felt something new as the other woman grabbed her hand that day. Well, the Spirit is on the move here. No matter how we show up here and every time we show up here, whether with great freedom in our spirit or with great sorrow, the Spirit is at work weaving our hearts and hands together. The great paradox of the Gospel is that in order to be built up together, we have to get to a place of vulnerability together. We have to be honest about our own confusion, pain, fear, and sorrow. For it's in that where we come to understand others and have compassion and care for others who bear their own cross. I'd like to invite you into some vulnerability. To the extent you are able, I invite you to trust me. And I invite you to stand in body as you are able right now to stand up. And I invite you to take your hands and face them up, palms facing up. And I invite you to turn your right hand over so that both thumbs are facing to the left. And now I invite you to reach with both hands and lower your arms a little and grab a hand next to you. Uh, Come into the aisle to do that however you can to join hands with another. And in this way, as you hang on to hands, you will see that you are lifting you are lifting someone up as you are also being lifted up by your brother and sister next to you. And now I invite you to take your hands and weave your fingers together like this. Weave your fingers together. And I invite you to notice the difference, how this feels. It might feel more vulnerable, it's more intimate, but it's also stronger. This bond is how God unites us together and gives us God's own to one another to do life with, a bond that is hard to break when we stay centered on the life of Christ. And as we stand here woven together, let us pray. All vulnerable God, self-emptying Christ, And Holy Spirit, our power and our guide, as Jesus gave his own to one another, you, O God, give us to each other as family, as friend, as the church, right here and right now and throughout the world.
We put our hands in yours and in one another's, and together we could do what we can never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness in our own confusion, pain, fear, or sorrow. No longer must we depend on our own unsteady power, for we are all together now, reaching out our hands for your power, O God, as we join hands. And when we do, we give and receive Christ's care and compassion over and over to all we meet. Amen.